Hello and welcome to Transition Tea, the podcast dedicated to demystifying the world of healthcare transition and activation planning. I'm your host, Kelly Guzman, the president and CEO of Yellow Brooks Consulting. Today, I am honored and excited to have Cece Smoyes joining us. So Cece, welcome to our podcast. Um, Thank you for taking time to visit with us. So can you please provide the listeners with a brief background about you? Certainly. Thank you very much for inviting me today and for the wonderful tea. It is actually delicious. Um, My name is Cece Samoyes and I own a small consulting firm called Samoyes Management Group. And primarily for the last 20 years, I've been in the healthcare um, industry in the construction management field and throughout my career and opportunities um, in in that field, I've taken on several roles from managing construction projects to actually moving and doing the transition planning and activation of um, different projects throughout the years for a couple of healthcare firms. Thank you for that. So today we are drinking Alpine Punch tea and um, I love David's tea, so that's where we got it. Um, but it's got rooibos, it has coconut, it has um, apple and it has almonds, rose. So it's really actually quite delicious. So very so delicious. listeners. Listeners, please uh, grab a cup and join us, and we're going to talk transition. So, um, so tell us about your entrance into healthcare because you're an engineer by by background. So, how did you get into this role, and um, how has that experience helped you? So, um, in school, I was a construction management and engineering uh, major, and most of those career paths to take you to a general contractor, subcontractor world, which is where I entered the field of construction. Um, and as a result, in that field, I was working for a firm at the time that did healthcare projects, and they eventually assigned me to some small healthcare projects there. Um, and I started doing that and meeting people in the healthcare environment. Um, so, as my career progressed, and even as um, my family life progressed, I felt that um, I was approached by one of the vice presidents at the time of one of the organizations and asked if I wanted to be an in-house project manager um, for as an owner's representative for that client. And I took that opportunity and I haven't looked back since because it felt that it was much more suited to my skill set in the sense I liked to provide environments for people and then see the result of those environments and how they use those environments. As opposed to construction was great, but construction is about delivering a project on time, on budget and watching that bottom line. And you do do, get to do some fascinating projects, but in the healthcare environment, it was the type of environment that I got to provide and see the benefit right away to the end users and managing to a budget and delivering for the hospital for the hospital itself, it was much more suited to my my skills and goals than just um, leaving it behind. I liked mm-hmm. I liked seeing the result of it. Well, you were definitely a people person, and I remember meeting you over ten years ago when we were getting started. You were one mm-hmm. of our very first transition projects that we worked on. Um, so so tell me the difference between working as an owner's rep. Um, doing construction projects, and then working as part of the transition team. So what were the differences? Well, I will have to say I learned so much in partnering with your firm all those years ago because I did move management all the time. 
you know, for different types of small departmental moves. But when we, um, so if, as an owner's rep, you know, I was always involved in the programming and the planning and the construction and the negotiation and the design team. But it was a, it was a step into that world of how this goes into the operations and how our design mm -hmm. decisions and et cetera evolves into operations that really opened my eyes to really see that a improve my listening skills and b when i am planning or designing it just expanded that knowledge and different questions that i ask at the beginning and engage the end users in conversation and i think that's that's provided a huge level of um the relationships that I've had with these long-term um, these long-term clients, because I do ask these questions, and they often ask me. It's like, and they often ask me. And again, this is a result of working with some of your team um, and doing some of the work that we've done. Like, they ask me if I actually have a healthcare background. I go, no, I just work. <laughs> I think it's just osmosis is working with all these clinical people, <laughs> but it's learning to. I've listened a lot differently than. Um, than I did before. I mean, I've, I've definitely asked different questions and ask them in a result is how it's going to provide the best outcome workflow throughput um, environment for patients and an environment for staff. You, um, you had a wonderful partner, Lynn Taylor, who was mm -hmm. um, one of your, your clinical partner, nurse partner, when we were um, working on the project. And I do remember um, the conversation about using evidence-based practice and evidence-based mm -hmm. practice and how we we're going to apply that, that to the design. So, so you remained in, um, you know, the facility and we've done many projects together. So mm -hmm. in terms of your current role, tell us about your, your current role and, um, and, uh, and the projects you work on now. So I actually, you know, it's nice to be honest. I've, um, because of, I, I work with some clients that I've worked with for a long term. And so as a result of the skill set I've developed, um, I'm usually brought in to help with some of the initial designing and asking questions in the programming mm -hmm. piece, because I know I've seen how the operation side is affected from the activation and the training. And it also helps. And then I'm usually brought back again for the activation piece or the move, you know, departments. And, and the organizations I've worked with, that ranges from small departmental administrative moves to, again, complete um, clinical department relocations or renovations, et cetera. Currently, we're working on, um, I'm working on a women's, um, women's health facility that's multi-phase. So that's actually going to bring a whole new other set of challenges where mm. it's a multi-phased project where you have old and new and, and, um, working in environments that are half built out, you know, as the other environment is completed. So that's going to be a new challenge uh, for me as well. But um, those are the types of projects now that I, I get to work on. And actually even process improvement type of, of projects, you know, again, mm. seeing the bigger picture. So I've really enjoyed doing those things. So you, um, you, you guys have a great group of people and I, I feel like you're in a very unique role where um, you're in construction, so it's women in construction, mm -hmm. and you get to work with a whole team of primarily women um, helping to bring up these construction projects. So how have you seen construction change um, either from the beginning of your career or from during the past 10 years? Um, well, definitely from the beginning of my career, 
you know, you were usually one of the only, I was usually one of the only women in the field office or, you know, on a site. I think actually I had a construction, a small construction project I was running when I was working for the construction um, company. And this vendor or one of the subcontractors walks in and I happened to be sitting at a, a desk that was a remnant of the TI that I was doing. Um, and he walked right by me and then, you know, into a larger space. And then I go in, I'm like, are you so-and-so with this company? He's like, yes. I'm like, well, I introduced myself as the project manager on the job. He's like, oh, I thought you were the receptionist. I'm like, well, you thought wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you obviously were incorrect. Don't assume. And, but as to now, especially in, for the first time in my career, I'm working with about 15 women within our department alone, mm -hmm. um, between architects and coworkers and colleagues. And it's the, it's the first time I've worked with this many women in my entire career. And it's been um, such a great synergy um, because just, I think there's just a tendency to zoom out and consider from a point A to point B and I just focus on my job is point A. That's it, mm -hmm. right? They look at a big. I've, I've, I think <clears throat> we look at something a little bit more as a whole, from start to finish. And just because this part is finished, it still doesn't mean we come back and make sure we cross the T's and dot the I's, and follow up with people to make sure that the environment is working for them. But um, I've just, I've just found that. Um, it's just actually just really nice and engaging. And, and there's like just this um, kinship uh, amongst us and even, even more. And so, you know, there's a lot more female architects and stuff that I work with. And it's just, it's a great dynamic, you know, that um, I've been seeing and I've, and so that's been, that's again, like I said, for the first time in probably 20, 25 years, it's the most, it's, it's the most females I've ever worked with at one given time, you know? And I always thought that men were easier to work with um, I wouldn't say they're easier. They may be easier to understand, you know, from that perspective, but I think <laughs> that you know what you're getting, you know, but I think women bring a little bit more complex and a whole picture to the projects that, that they bring. Yes. And, and you, the, the bonding, the camaraderie, um, I've been to a few of your board meetings and, yeah. um, I think just that the fun that you have there. So in terms yeah, and, of, and um, just and that people, and then they're, and they're ready to step right in if you need help, right? If you, if they see that you're running around and there's just a lot on your plate without asking, they're like, is there something I can help with? You know, is there, I see you're running around and busy and that goes around everywhere, which is great, mm -hmm. which is great. I think it speaks to um, the leadership and right. just all, all of your openness and, and willingness to, um, to be a part of a team. And like you said, not to focus on what's going on. And you really do have like an integrated project delivery system mm -hmm. where you're all helping and everybody's working towards that same goal. So I, I think that's fabulous. Mm -hmm. um, so in terms of, of uh, lessons learned, do you have any lessons learned from like the first time you did a project and, you know, how you've applied those moving forward to your existing projects? Absolutely. I mean, I think, again, um, just from where I started was and, and, and this is based a little bit on the people I work with, and it's, it's not a wrong attitude. You know, you can, in the healthcare environment that what I have found too, there's people that have been in some of the roles for many, many years, right? And just because it's the way you do some things, 
always doesn't mean it's the right way. So there's been a philosophy that when you bring those outside um, architecture firms, et cetera, they're like constantly getting the new um, information out front, right? Because they're working with different mm-hmm. clients across the, the country and um, et cetera. And so it's easy to design from the bubble that, well, just because they've done it this way, um, doesn't mean it's right. So we're going to bring them and tell them what to do, right? I mean, that's that was a little bit of the instruction and philosophy because these are the expertise. And just because you've been here for 30 years, you know, it's time to change or time to change that model, right? And what I have learned is everybody is educated and everybody and everyone um, is a continuous learner, especially in the medical profession, right? So they're aware mm-hmm. of the changes in the environments. And yes, people adapt to the environments they're in. But it's equally important to engage them and, and, you know, and engage and explain and have a dialogue for it a little bit back and forth. You know, it's like, this is why we think this would work. What do you think? And most of the time, they're willing to try something new if you engage them like that way and you, they don't like to be told this is what you get. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. It needs to be, I feel the earlier you can bring in and get that consensus, it's the better, in, in my opinion. Yeah, certainly um, change management is um, a huge part of what we do. And I think those things Mm -hmm. that you talked about, the communication, understanding the why, collaborating, all of those things um, definitely help. Um, So I think another thing that all of us deal with um, as we're managing projects, and you kind of alluded to it, that you have multiple projects. um, And you're a mom, and you're a wife, and you have Mm -hmm. a personal life. So any... um, kind of tips or tricks you have for time management and then prioritizing the most important things to do um, so that you can do it all or you can do the most important things from a, from a timing perspective? I, I, I do think over the years, I mean, you, based on deliverables and, and high pressure timelines or, or deadlines, it's a compromise, right? And it's not just a compromise on us, on, on a personal person, it's a compromise maybe with your family. It's a compromise at work as different, the priority shifts for different things, right? Did I make every single um, volleyball game? I've, I've made an attempt and I made most of them, but sometimes I got stuck and I talked to my kids about it and they understood and they, and they engaged. And I mean, I would bring my, my kids to work and and show them, you know, what I do and, and um, those types of things. And that, again, also helps like my colleagues and stuff understand that there's a life outside of this bubble, right? And um, so as far as tips and tricks, it's, you know, it, it really just flows and different things will take different priorities at a, a given time. My career is never always my, the first, first thing. Um, I can say my family is my priority, but certain things within the family dynamics, it's like, do I have to make the practice? Probably not, but I'm there for that, you know, that piece, right? And so it's, it's this shifting, it's a shifting landscape every single time. And, um, but at the crux of it, it's, you know, it's, I'm accountable to so many and, um, but having fun is important. Enjoying the time (laughs) with the family, you know, even again, fortunately, we're in high stress situations and Kelly and partnering with you and your teams in the past. I mean, we're working hard, we're working in stress, we're working side by side and delivering, but we find an opportunity to laugh within those times 
or to go have a dinner and just, you know, and, and just let it play out as, as it is, you know, periodically. And I think that's really key too, not just to have the one side is you can be different yeah. sides with the same colleagues. Marty Margaritas um, remain That's one right. of, of my favorites. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it certainly helped our stress and got us, get us through. Once a month, once a month, it was necessary. <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite parts of the project. Um, the other thing we do is we use a lot of um, tools and you talked about you know, like learning new skills with, with right. architects and um, learning about new processes and design. Um, so from a, um, just, were, were there any classes or any um, kind of skills that you really dreaded learning and you were like, why am I taking this class? Or why are we doing this? That, that turned out to be invaluable to you in terms of like being, a, being necessary on a project that you use? So, you know, I'm an engineering major. So to me, it's like, I always liked math, you know, and I like the way that math plays out in a large logical way and, and concise and bullet points and methods, right? So the thing I hated the most was writing. (laughs) (laughs) To write something or come up with something and to write. And um, I can honestly say, I mean, I think it was my last quarter at Cal Poly down in Southern California. And I had to, I had this required class that at the end of the day, I, it, was a, it was supposed to be a technical writing class. And I couldn't get the class, but I got a substitute and it ended up being a creative writing class, which to me might as well have been nails on a chalkboard. I'm like, oh my God, I have to write creatively. <laughs> so, um, and I have to say the way that professor instructed us throughout the quarter, what she had us do was basically take on a persona and write every paper from that persona. Right. So she had broken up the group in um, like um, media versus um, an activist group versus, Mm. you know, um, a political stance or group, et cetera. So I was part of the media group and like I was like a like a tabloid journalist, you know, type of thing. So every paper I wrote was from that perspective. And believe it or not, I feel like that class. (laughs) actually helps when I am writing to different different people it's like okay who do I need to be to deliver this message (laughs) to them either a good message or a negative message I still like to write concisely and I love tables and (laughs) and bullet points to something but to communicate concisely and um and directly and that's typically my style but sometimes I put myself it's like what am I who do you know how does who do I need to be or to convey from this message so that it's well received right or that you know Mm -hmm. I'm hitting the target audience but writing is probably one of the things that I continue to see is an such an important part of my job which has never been one of my favorite things to do right Mm -hmm. well particularly now that email is everywhere and Right. You know, people right. text so much. So, you know, having right. the ability to write a clear, yeah. crisp email to get your, your message across um, is so important. Um, and I do feel like there's probably 50-50. Like, if you like math, a lot of times you don't like writing. But yeah, <laughs> certainly, certainly necessary. Um, so we've been on a lot of projects together. I know you've done um, projects on your own. 
what is your favorite part of the transition process? So we do a lot of the planning, you know, pre-planning with like small groups, like we would just work with you and your core team. Mm -hmm. Then we would work with um, a bigger team. Then we would kind of roll it out. Um, and then there's like the training, there's the activation, there's that building fit up and then the dress rehearsals and then the move day. Um, what's your favorite part of transition? The move day. It's the move day I, because I feel like that all that other part has been the marathon, right? And we are now, I see the checkered flag. I see the finish and, and, you know, and coming through and you're tired, right? You know, if you've ever run a race or whatever, you're tired <laughs> and, and, but you find that last burst to cross mm -hmm. through the finish line and to see all the effort and all that, those hours of work, all those details, all those components of it, that, that deliverable and that day. And, you, and we did it. And in most cases, we've done it successfully, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, or very close to successfully, you know, and all those things are a couple of things, but it is the move day. It's like that finish. It's just like that, you know, just accomplishment. It's just that accomplishment. Yes. Yeah. Just that accomplishment. Yeah. It's like that adrenaline there to, to that, to that end. And I, I know we've also done um, like post-occupancy evaluations and then mm -hmm. lessons learned. Um, are there any lessons that you say, like, no matter what, like I always do this in, in a project and take that to your, to your future project or any themes that you see, like every single project we've been, like for me, finance. every time there's a lesson learned. <laughs> <laughs> every time and even when you continue to refine you just learn a new a new thing you're right signage is always always a, a piece um, um which you know i keep i mean i'm a huge one now to like start that conversation always earlier and earlier but still it's what the your administration wants to to hear at, at that time but um um communication you know it's again what you're planning for example, this is how that workflow is going to go and how that communication ripples through the organization. And it's only as good as the, as the weakest link of person getting back to, you know, communicating back to a physician office, you know, this is where mm -hmm. they go. I mean, I still get people with old forms with an old address, you know, coming to that. So it's just, it's, so you bring up those things sooner and you try to, start that conversation earlier so it becomes part of the mindset of all the people involved but I think it's always still a challenge that moving forward past the project that it continues to be that same message mm -hmm. I, I still find that a challenge I'm not sure how to to improve that because that kind of goes beyond the things I can manage anymore right mm -hmm. you know your marketing mm -hmm. your communications your your patient registration <laughs> you know I I don't have all that management. I mean, they're involved in the process, but it's moving it, you know, forward. So that continues forward. to be one, but I bring them up all earlier. The lesson learned is like, I bring that up all every time earlier and earlier in the game so that people are hearing it. Yeah. Worst case scenario, like, Hmm, I told you so, but that's, that's never satisfying. So I do no. think a, a, a silver lining with COVID for us, what we've learned is that um, we've recorded a lot of the sessions like the town hall sessions and um, oh. some of the summary sessions and I think it does two things you know one 
you know, when you're doing a town hall, you're sharing information about the project. So here's where we are in the project. Here's the workflows that we've decided. Here's the operational plan. Here's what's happening with IT. Here's the new equipment. Here's our training. Here's our schedule. Like here's what's going to be happening. So that information is getting shared with everybody. And then, um, and then we give an update, like here's what's going to happen in the next, you know, three months, six months, and basically through till the end of the project. But when we've recorded them, we, one, can memorialize that information. And so if anybody couldn't attend, which there's always emergencies and competing priorities. Right. So basically everybody gets that message. And then as we know, there's turnover in organizations. So if new leaders come, we can go back and say, you know, go ahead and listen to these town halls. And it tells you the progression of what has gone on and why key decisions were made. Um, because I've never a been on idea. a project, never been on a project where somebody doesn't say like, well, who thought of this? And right. you know, why did they do this? Um, right. And it at least goes back and tells you, well, we had to make a compromise because every project you have to make compromises. And I think explaining that rationale has been helpful. So we, we never recorded them before, but now we record all of them and or we, we recommended that. And it was, it's been really helpful for us. So. That's a good idea. That's actually really a good idea, especially in these large, these projects that take multiple years to do or deliver, or even the transition oh. planning is a two year or plus, you know, transition planning. Cause you're right. The turnover, the change, the, you know, so many other things come up in between that, you know, we can all forget, you know, right. why we were marching down this path. Yeah, definitely. Um, so a final question is, um, you know, just if you could go back and provide advice from a career perspective, somebody who would like to get into either project management and engineering construction, uh, what advice would you give that person? Um, first of all, I think construction management and engineering is a great program. And I would just say that, um, you know, I mean, in, in most schools push your commercial you know, type of, of construction. Healthcare, especially in California, is not the easiest types of projects to, to do or sometimes the most glorious projects to do, but um, they're technically important and they're great. But I, I feel like look at organizations, and this is something I didn't know at the time, that you know, many of the you know, big campus companies and many of the, you know, obviously healthcare clients, they have their own construction management departments, mm -hmm. right? I mean, again, in school, you don't think of that as working for a owner per se, right. you know, that's, I mean, at least when I went to school, that wasn't what was pushed. It's your general contractor and stuff. But I think I, I, I would have, that would have been really interesting to know that as an option, mm -hmm. you know, that those things were out there in career because it's, it's a little different. It's a little different. I think just that long-term kind of relationship and environment, you know, creating environments for people and seeing the result of what you create and living with it and continuing to be able to improve it. I mean, I've, I've, that's one of the things that I've enjoyed having long-term relationships with my clients. I love it. I love it. And love working with you. So thank you. Me too. I love working with your team. Love um, all of the information that you shared with us. So thank you. And mm -hmm. Now we're going to transition into rapid fire. So, um, okay. <laughs> little game, we, little game that we play. 
Um, but we'll start off easy. So summer or winter? Summer. Um, favorite city in the world? London. I thought you were going to say somewhere in Portugal. I like that too, but I do love London. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is the best age? Now. Now? Oh, that is an mm -hmm. answer. And I know you had a milestone birthday, so that's even better. Mm -hmm. um, na name a primate besides a monkey or an ape. Does an orangutan count? Okay. Orangutan, there you go. That was one I thought of. Um, uh, name one of the seven dwarfs. Grumpy. Grumpy. <laughs> um, how many hours a day do you sleep? Usually. Usually. Um, yeah, probably about a good six. A good six, oh. seven is great. I love seven. Um, yeah. How about your favorite workout? Hiking. Oh. And I love walking with you. Mm -hmm. are, are rats cute? No. <laughs> okay, my final one. If the toilet paper roll is almost empty, but not empty, do you change it or do you wait till the next person comes to change it? Person. <laughs> okay, Ron, did you hear that? <laughs> it's All not right. empty yet. There's still paper on there. <laughs> That's a good one too. Why be wasteful, right? So, right. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed this tea. I loved it. Very much. Very yummy. So, and thank you for your time today. Um, do you have a LinkedIn um, connection you want to share with everybody? I, I do. It's the Moyes Group. It's not up to date yet, but I'm working on that as well um, and having a little bit of a rebranding effort. Um, but you can always also um, email admin at samoysgroup.com uh, for some more information on us as well. Wonderful. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so welcome. that's going to, that's going to do it for this episode of our transition tea. And on our next episode, we'll be joined by another healthcare leader to chat over a cup of best practices, pouring over new insights and keeping the next blend of transition and activation expertise. So thank you for listening. And if you want to hear more conversations like this one, please subscribe to our transition tea, wherever you get your podcast. And if you want to see live videos of our recordings, you can follow our Yellow Birth YouTube channel. So until next time, cheers. Next time, Kelly. Cheers. Thank you for having me.